0: we mm-hmm.
1: Well, welcome. We are here in Las Vegas live, and Evan, our guest, is in California in the uh, Los Angeles area, right, Evan?
2: Woohoo! Yes, sir!
1: Woohoo! And uh, this uh, show is sponsored by Voice of America, who brought me out to the National Association of Broadcasters in Vegas, as well as CEO Space, and Greg S. Reed with Secret Knock. And I believe I met you, Evan, at CEO Space when you were uh, several times, but specifically, when you were giving Bob Proctor a Hall of Fame award with Ryan Long and Greg Reed nudged me with his elbow and said, you see that guy there? He's money. I said, he is? He goes, yes, Evan Money. He's Evan Money. You got you to get to know him. He does big things. So I'm going to give a, a little introduction. Uh, Evan is a best-selling author, global entrepreneur, and executive producer of the groundbreaking film Words of Art starring Joel Osteen, Darren Hardy and Zig Ziglar, as well as Jim Rohn and many more. So, how'd you come up with that, Evan?
2: Ooh, that was a journey of a thousand years. It started with one step, getting off my couch. I was watching. I really enjoy documentaries, all different types, and so I'm still old school. I get my discs, you know, from Netflix. I know that's a laugh for a lot of people, but um, so I, you know, was in the queue and I'm literally frisking the the mailman because I wanted to watch this documentary, right? And it shows up, and I throw it in, I'm watching it, and I was like, okay, and, and, I, and it just hit me. I was like, okay, it can't be that hard. You know, it, it really can't be that hard. This guy just went around and goofed around with all his friends. I'm like, I could do that? So I was like, okay. So I got this vision, and that was not too long after I attended the Jim Rohn, uh, maybe a lot of the listeners here were there, at the Jim Rohn Memorial Service. And... You know, it hits me, they had all these icons up on the stage, but a lot of these guys were, you know, getting up there in age, and a couple, you know, Jim wasn't here anymore, a couple people weren't with us anymore, and I'm just like, wow, we've we got to do something, you know, to somehow honor the, these greats of personal growth, because, you know, it, it, the world has shifted, and that era will never be again, and all these greats have, have influenced people for so, so many years. I'm like, how can I honor these people? So I thought of doing a documentary, and that's where we started with that concept, and then like a lot of documentaries do, it just kept growing organically and went down this rabbit hole and that rabbit hole, and it was like, oh my gosh, you've got to film this guy and then this guy and this gal, and it just blew up from there. But uh, it was such an incredible journey. Spent a year and a half traveling the United States and just interviewing anyone that had to do with words and the power of words. So it was a, what a ride it was.
1: And so this documentary, where can people see it?
2: Ah, oh, well, what a great lead-in, Can we love it! So it's on all the platforms, you know, iTunes, Amazon, Google, and then we're having the big, huge, giant relaunch, actually, in a couple weeks to really get the word out there. So it's not a, you know, get-rich-overnight documentary. It's not discover the secret of, you know, King Tut's tomb. It's more, it's a thinking documentary. So it's for people that, of substance that actually want to think and dive into something that's what it's designed for.
1: So I imagine you learn a lot each time you uh, interview these masters of wisdom.
2: Oh, you better believe it, Ken. We've had roughly 30 hours of footage that my director needed to cut down to an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> so you're like, okay, well, what part of Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and Joel Osteen and all these titans do you, you, know, do you cut out, right? And I actually have a book, it's still waiting in the wings, we're still uh, looking uh, really for the best home for it, and you know, waiting for some of the, uh, some different offers from the bigger publishers, but I've got a book called Words of Art Beyond the Movie, and that's where I put everything in there that I learned from making the film, and I also put some of the transcripts, you know, for these marathon uh, interviews that I got, because that's the great thing about a documentary, Ken, is... You know, you have plenty of time. You can just let the film run, and you can dive deep and really get into stuff. And, you know, so I had these epic conversations with these guys. And so on some of those, I just put verbatim the actual transcripts in the book. So it was really fantastic. So it's for people that want to dive deeper in there. That, that'll be coming out shortly.
1: Well, if you wouldn't mind, just for the audience' sake and even for mine, can you share a couple of those, I guess, moments that blew you away that would give them a little taste of what the documentary would be like, the book would be like?
2: Oh, sure. So, uh, um, you know, just a a sample. Let's talk about the documentary because the book's still kind of under wraps and, you know, waiting negotiation and all that. But uh, the film is really, the biggest highlight and the biggest reaction I get is from this amazing gal who's a spoken words artist. And I had never, I knew a little bit about spoken word, but not too much, but I had never seen anyone use the English language in such a way to create such an emotion and such an impact and tell such a story and just filming it. I had people ask me, man, what was it like to be in the room, just to be in the room with, when, when she gave her, her her artistry? And it was, I mean, literally, Ken, I had the cameraman knocking things over, trying to get a better shot. I had the sound guy, you know, the guy that's supposed to be quiet holding the microphone. He's like letting out audible gas, going, Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it was spectacular. So, you and know, you're not allowed to get a little, movies. Yeah, little, I mean, it is, again, it's one for the ages. And then one of my other favorite ones for some of the, uh, let's say, more mature demographic, I know we have some fans in Los Angeles and listening all over the world, of um, Tim Conway Jr. We had a great segment with him and really. Again, it was so neat, because we were just there filming, and off the cuff, all of a sudden, he goes, hold on, let, let, I'll be right back. And we're like, <laughs> we just lost our interview, Guy, where'd he go? And he brings back this handwritten letter from one of his guests on how literally he could just saved her life just with his words and with his comedy. And, I mean, just stuff you would have never thought you know, would come out. So when, you're, when you can just go and relax and listen and let the camera roll, some amazing things
1: come up again. And who was the lady before that you were talking about that was so compelling?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, she's not, you know, she's not a, a world-known name, not yet. She kind of travels the world and teaches spoken word, but her name is Danielle Bennett. And, you know, you can look her up on YouTube and stuff, but it's, it's just, you have to see her live. I mean, that's, that's another experience. But what we're able to catch on film everyone i have all you know whether it's personal growth whether it's the rap guys whoever everybody's like who was that girl oh my gosh i mean the, the words just again i've never seen them crafted it, it's like a masterpiece like looking at a masterpiece of, of any kind of art again I've, I've never seen anything woven so amazingly well and just her delivery i mean it was, it was incredible kid
1: well you know in my journey since uh I guess roughly 2011 uh, when I kind of entered this, this, this world and, and of leaders and traveling the nation, kind of doing a, a microcosm of what you're doing, I have to say that you are a person that is just so full of life. You genuinely connect with people. You love uh, human energy. You love causing positivity. And I just wondered, where did, where did all this energy come from? Where did all this love come from? <laughs>
2: Well, it's uh, it's uh, I was born at a young age. It's a long story. Um, it really stems from when I'm able to share when I speak around the world and you know on different planets and intergalactic. I have a I have a good friend who always gives me a hard time about my sizzle reel, and he calls me and I've got you know the super, uh what is it the guy you know the movie trailer guy did the voiceover for me, and so my uh-huh. buddy will call me. He'll go Evan Bunny intergalactic and kind of keeps me humble, but whenever I'm speaking around stage on the world, I like to share that the reality of it is we're, we're all preloaded with greatness, and so I believe, just like on your phone, how you have apps on your phone that are preloaded, whether you're an Android or an Apple person, you know, we're not going to cause a, a riff here, but regardless of what platform you're on, there's always apps that are preloaded, and you can't get rid of them even if you want to, right? Everything shakes, but you can't get rid of them. You can move around, but you can't get rid of them. So I I know for a fact that God preloaded all of us with greatness, and what happens to most of it and what happens to me is I kept loading all the failure apps and the, you know, just dark sexual paths apps, you know, apps, and the divorce app, you know, my parents were divorced, and, you know, the father-son issues app, and the anger app, and just all these apps that kept stacking on top, on top, on top, and then... You know, I, I thought, like, oh, my gosh, well, I guess, you know, the greatness app, I'll have to go find it somewhere. And what I realized, it was, it was within me the whole time, and all I had to do was let it out. So I just encourage everybody to know, look, you're already preloaded with greatness. You just got to let it out. And so too many people think they have to go find it somewhere, like, well, as soon as I get on Ken's radio show, then I'll be great, or as soon as I win this award, then I'll be great, or as soon as I sell my company, then I'll be great, as soon as I build my company, I'll be great, as soon as I get married, or as soon as we have kids, or, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. I remember one of, uh, an interesting conversation with a very famous uh, football player, Dion Sanders, and he told me. Said the lowest point of his life, Ken, was when he won his first Super Bowl. I was like, how can that be? Because what he realized was he was still the, again, it's a trophy, big deal. You know, it's still, I'm still the same person. It didn't change anything on the inside. The outside can't change the inside. So for me, and what I encourage the rest of the audience to know is look, it's all the greatness is already in you. All you have to do is just move the junk aside and let your greatness out. Once I finally discovered that, in my mid-20s, it was a process. I just started deleting kind of one app at a time and getting through and finally getting comfortable with, hey, I really can let my greatness out. and I really can connect with people and I really can be my honest, true self instead of wasting time putting on airs and trying to be this and that and whatever. So I hope that helps.
1: That does help. So what, at what point in your childhood did you make this transition and, and what caused it?
2: Whew, well, mine's a frustrating, pounding-your-head-against-the-wall type progress. So I, I have a few entrepreneur friends of mine in confidence that we will get together and just totally, you know, just bare each other's soul and go like, hey, whenever we read Fast Company Magazine, we just get totally depressed because, <laughs> you know, you read these articles about, yeah, you know, this kid's 15 and he just built this billion-dollar company and then this other kid and this and this and this and you're just like man, am I stuck in in molasses here? Am I in quicksand? You know, how is it that all this stuff, you know, it's Fast Company Magazine for a reason, right? Everything's fast. Um, And so you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so far behind. So for me, in order to do my 180, you know, not a 360, but a 180, I figured it out, Ken. It was literally one to two degrees a month was how I did it. It basically was a 10-plus-year process of just slow little increments of just a a little bit. Little bit, little bit, little bit. There was never these great like arcs or anything. It was just slow, torturous, one thing at a time, just little by little by little by little. Um, and just like you know, parallel parking a a cruise ship. You know, finally when the turn starts coming, it's like, oh, okay, we're making progress. Oh my gosh, it's coming, it's coming. And there was a few breakthrough moments, and maybe your audience may want to hear about how I tripled my income. That was a, a pretty interesting uh, turning point
1: for me. That would do it. Yeah, go ahead.
2: So I am in my early 30s. I had my our firstborn was with us, my son, and I lived literally in the same, I'm in, I live in Southern California, both my bride and I are born and raised here, and so, you know, there's roughly, you know, eight or nine cities that are all really close together, but you know, we're, we're here in beautiful SoCal by the water and um. I had major. I was the president, Ken, of the Father-Son Issues Club. I had major issues with my dad, and to the point where I stopped talking to him for over 10 years. And I was like, I'm done, oh, wow. forget it, whatever. Now, it wasn't like my dad's on the East Coast like you, and I'm out here, right? It was, I would drive by his house sometimes twice a day. And no, there he is, you know, there it is. It was just this constant, you know, deal. And finally, I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm like, I'm so sick of this, dealing with this. So I made the conscious decision, Ken, to use ROF. Now, most of your listeners are familiar with ROI, you know, return on investment. I discovered the power of ROF, which is return on forgiveness. Return on forgiveness. And the year that I forgave my dad, Ken, I tripled my income because I wasn't carrying this anchor of unforgiveness around so I could finally get to opportunities faster, I could see things better you know, I didn't know I had a headache until the pain stopped and so for me that forgiveness, you know, the return on forgiveness really shifted a financial point in my life and also it changed my health, my sex life skyrocketed it was like everything you know, kind of just took off from there so the power of forgiveness is so huge
1: And your dad and you have a Great relationship
2: now? Oh, that's always the fairy tale ending we hope for, right, Ken? Uh, but the, the truth of the matter is, my, my father, who's now in heaven, he went to heaven uh, about four or five months ago. Uh, he made it to 90, though, and so it was interesting. But I wish I had this fairy tale. Oh, yeah, me and my dad arm in arm, you know, walking down, talking about life and doing all this. My dad was like concrete, Ken, all mixed up and permanently set. <laughs> and so once I realized that, wow, my dad hasn't changed at all, <laughs> you know, but I have, and so I said, okay, well, wh- how can we make this work? So I was like, okay, I'm, I love my dad because he's my dad. So that's where I started, because if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be here, right? So I was like, okay, let's just right. start there. And once I realized it was like, okay, the only kind of relationship I can have with my dad is superficial We talk about sports, we talk about the weather, and that's about it. And once I realized that's all he was capable of, rather than bemoaning the fact, like, oh, I don't have this great relationship, it's like, hey, that's all he's capable of, so I'm just going to love him where he's at. And so, you know, we'd bring the grandkids by, and he'd pat them on the head and talk to them a little bit, but he just wasn't able to grow. And so I realized, hey, I'm only going to have this type of relationship with my dad, and that's okay. And so I got to spend, you know, the last days with him before he, you know, passed on. And you know, here's something interesting, Ken. Do you want to know what in the last two weeks of my dad's life? You want to know the only thing he wanted to talk about? Tell me. All his regrets. That's all he talked about for the last two weeks of his life. Everything. Ah, oh, really? Good. Oh, I should have done. Ah. And I try to steer the conversation. No, oh, no, no, Dad. What about? All he wanted to talk about was his regrets. And I remember, I remember my son being there, and I was like Joshua this is exactly how not to live your life. You know, <laughs> all you're talking about is your regrets. And it was such a huge, more, again, bigger learning lesson to me of, you know what? It's like, let's take action now on our dreams and our goals and our visions, because, you know, I don't want to end up like this guy, regretting everything before he dies.
1: Yeah, but that was uh, a big gift, that lesson to your son. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's a huge gift to give someone. I mean, there's a lot of people that, go through life not really doing what they really want to do and later realizing geez that was that one rehearsal i had with life and i forgot to play it
2: <laughs> and that's why i'm so excited to be on the show and i mean the the title tells it all i mean it's, it's all about amplifying something so right. let's get amplifying your message before you know the power runs out before it's too late and you know we all know you know if you snap your fingers it's like what oh my gosh a year went by five years went by and my kids how old it's like let's dial into you know hey let's take action on what you have right now I'm, I'm just reading a friend of mine Joel from Addicted to Success uh, recommended Pencil of Promise which is a fantastic book about how this kid started this nonprofit. he started with $25 Ken and his whole concept was okay uh, and he was this brilliant kid. He got recruited into, you know, big time New York City, all these, uh, um, you know, banking firms and all this stuff and making big money and living the New York lifestyle. And, um, his thought was, okay, I'll work in Wall Street for 20 years, I'll make a bunch of money, and then I'll start my nonprofit. And what he finally realized was, no. And a friend kind of scolded him, he's like, look, dude, in 20 years, you're going to have a mortgage, you're going to have kids, you're going to have all these responsibilities. You're not going to start a nonprofit. The time to do it is right now. And he's like, well, but I don't have any money. And he's like, so? And so he ended up starting this world-changing documentary, Pencils of Promise, on 25 bucks, Ken. It was fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you're really speaking my language, uh, not only uh, echoing what Amplified means, but I, uh, I decided when I was uh, 39 that I would start traveling the world and I, I, I didn't have a phenomenal savings account or anything like that. I, I decided for 10 years, I would just spend $10,000 a year. I'd save everything I had for a year and I'd spend it the next year and I'd see a hundred countries. And I told myself, Hey, you never know when you're not going to be able to travel or if you wait till you're retired, if you're going to have the health to travel. So I'm gonna do it now, and even if I'm broke when I'm 65, I at least did it. I lived it, and uh, it really transformed my life. I was at an event uh, with uh, Ken Courtwright at Digital Footprint, and their main theme was how we are so unaware. I mean, just the simple commodity of water, and there's just so many countries. They 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 spend a good part of their day trying to find water. There's so many countries that they lose 40 percent, 50 percent of their kids to dysentery or, or water that's polluted, and they don't even know that they're killing themselves. And, and then kids that just cherish the gift of a pencil, it's, it's worth more than, you know, so many gifts that you would think would be relished by them. They just want to learn. I mean, to be in a classroom and learning. So sorry for just jumping in there, but you just really motivated me with the amplified message. And I, I started in 2011 understanding that when we have leaders in the world, you can have a leader that is wicked or you can have a leader that's about love. Whoever has the stronger distribution and conviction will be the one that actually wins over the world. So I decided I would amplify any leader that actually had a message I resonated with. And you are someone, when I saw you at Secret Knock, I mean, I've I seen you several times, but at Secret Knock, your energy just, like, knocked me over. And I said, I've got to have him on the show. He's all about love. And you're all about um, loyalty. You're all about um, family. You're, you're about all the things that really make the world stronger. So I want to commend you on that.
2: Well, Ken, I appreciate that greatly, sir. I'm, I'm humbled. I'm like kind of stumbling going, wow, gosh, this is <laughs> – um, so I appreciate well, it greatly, sir.
1: Well, and, in and your words of art, I mean, that's just a powerful uh, – it's a powerful sight. It's a powerful message. Uh, you have the words of art movement, and I'm about the key smiling movement. And, you know, when you have people start a movement for you, you have a marketing machine. And that marketing machine starts actually changing the world. And it is so powerful amazing how powerful a word is someone says a word i mean i went to landmark education i remember how many kids i mean every one of us goes that period where we don't feel we're enough or we don't feel we're loved and it was because someone said something that they didn't even mean to actually hurt you but you took those words and you made it your own meaning and it changed you or affected you to the point that you didn't you didn't feel loved
2: yeah yeah no i mean when you really it's so interesting how we You know, you take for granted the the things that, you know, like us, we take for granted water. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of ghetto hood slum you live in, you can always walk to the faucet and turn on the water. Whereas for other people, that's their whole life's goal is where am I going to get water today? And I think words, because they don't cost us anything, we we don't, you know, we don't understand the true value of them. I, I shared this on my Facebook and another interview I did that, um our, uh, and I tried to find who, who quoted it. Our, our, our pastor shared it with me at, uh, at church on Sunday. He said, you know, you can forgive. You can always forgive, but you'll never forget the words. You can forgive words, right. but you'll never forget them. And just how, A, destructive words can be, and also how, again, extremely powerful they can be. And, you know, now we're in the beginning of the NBA playoffs, right, Ken? And, you know, I'm a sports guy. It's all about sports and, you know, that's all the coach has, right? He just has words. You know, these these guys have, you know, plenty of money. It's not a money motivator. They're all multimillionaires running around playing a kid's game. But all he has is words to shift. And again, a word can make a champion, and a word can make a has been. You know, so it is. Yeah, when you really sit down and dive into it, the, the power of words is so tremendous. It just, you know, your head starts spinning. You're just like, oh my gosh. And so. In our house, we we do as best that we can to really focus in on, okay, what are the words? You know, what are we we putting out? And when it comes to words and power of words, one of the stories i like to share, Ken, if you'll allow me, is how my bride and I get remarried every year in a different state or country.
1: Go for it. And we have about three minutes until our break, so if it needs to go to a part two in the next segment, go for it.
2: (laughs) Cool. So you know, speaking of the words, you know, too often, you know, in marriage, you know, most marriages, unfortunately, end in divorce, but, you know, there's something powerful about those words, I do, right? You know, I do, and, it, and, you know, you have the ceremony, and it's wrapped around those words, right? Because people come to celebrate with you, but it's all about the I do's. So my bride and I looked at most of the world, and we like, gosh, you know, if you, if you think about it, most people either, A, are divorced, or B, that are together, aren't very happy. Because you never hear people, At least I never heard people talk about how much they're enjoying their marriage unless they're newlyweds. And, it, you know, it was like baby pigeons, Ken. You know, you know they exist, but you just you know, never seem to be able to find one. So we go on this quest for who's got a happy marriage, what's going on, and we decided to get remarried in a different state or country every year. And by saying those powerful words, I do, every year, a different state or country, it has skyrocketed our sex lives, skyrocketed our happiness, skyrocketed everything about what we do because it it keeps us from taking each other for granted. And just, again, the, the words I do are so, so powerful.
1: And so where are you going to remarry this year?
2: This year we haven't decided yet, Ken. We have done some of our favorites, quick, before we bump in the break. Uh, I did get, we did get remarried on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. That was a, a surprise yeah, I was wedding, I surprised that. my I was bride about that, that was exciting. That. We did, uh, I've had, we've been married in the water with dolphins. I had my bride, my bride had her bride's mammal and I had my best mammal in the water with us while we were, uh, doing the ceremony. Done the hot air balloons, I've done for you sports guys and gals. Uh, we were married at Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin during the summertime, of course. I knew better than go during the winter. And so this year it's open. We're, we're, we're wide open. We're looking for suggestions at uh, Secret Knock. The mountain climber guy was talking. Everybody looked at me and like, that's where you need to go. You need to get married on Mount Kilimanjaro or, you know, you need to go climb these, you know, epic peaks and get married up there. And I'm like, mm, not, not quite ready for that much of an adventure yet.
1: So. You went to Lincoln Memorial, because I was going to actually suggest that. I, I live in the D.C. area, and I was going to give you the, uh, the gift of uh, memorializing, capturing that, that moment. But since you've done the D.C., I'll have to think on something that's in that area. I mean, Virginia is for lovers. That's, that's got some possibility there. Oh, yeah, we've heard it, too. Uh,
2: we missed the – last year we went to Boston because my bride wanted to see the leaves change color, because here in Southern California, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have seasons. Uh, Winter is a place you go visit. Uh, it doesn't happen, <laughs> so uh, she wanted to go see the leaves change colors, but we got there I guess too early, it was a hot summer or something, so in October they didn't change yet, so we've had a couple people like, yeah, Virginia, man, Virginia's for lovers, I'm like,
1: where did that come
2: from, is that for real, and I was like, Virginia, so I'm, I'm definitely open.
1: Well, the cherry blossoms, I mean, is it a certain time of the year, or can you do it any time during the year?
2: Oh yeah, no, no, we're not, uh, we say slaves to the calendar, because certain times a year there's certain... You know things happen, so we did Rockefeller Center during Christmas time on the ice because my bride wanted to see New York, you know, Christmas, and that was exciting. Um, so no, we're we're wide open any time
1: of the year. All right, well, we're going to cut to break right now. We'll come back and continue this conversation.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have
1: recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page.
0: If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, you may not be aware of the different options available to you in securing business capital in today's market. We discuss and explore these options each week on Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. There are two primary ways of building business capital. Profits, which are basically higher revenue and reduced expenses, and external, or debt capital. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify.
1: Okay, we are in Las Vegas at the National Associates Podcasters Live. And we have a phenomenal guest, Evan Money, and his greatest boy is speaking and teaching. Uh, He is motivational. He gets people to take action in life. And uh, Evan, what is this rumor I've been hearing all over Las Vegas? I mean, I don't care which vendor I go to. They're like, have you got the new Evan Money app? And I'm like, how do people know about this? And my audience, I don't know if everyone in my uh, audience knows about this app, but you have an app that you've launched, can you tell people about it and uh, give them an access to get it?
2: Absolutely, Ken. So it's only, I have to preface this, it's only for people that want to be encouraged. So if you don't want to be encouraged and you're not not looking to amplify your message and you just want to go watch ESPN and, and, you know, watch your life away, putting, as John Maxwell says, putting your butt prints in the sands of time, uh, don't get the app. But if you want to be encouraged, and you really, again, want to be a world changer of some kind, and you want to let the greatness out inside you, and, again, you really want to make a difference, this app's for you. It's pure encouragement. So you're going to hear audio messages from me that are live, so I send them out live, and then they're archived, so you'll get a little push notification that says, hey, you've got a new encouragement message from Evan Money. They're short and sweet, anywhere from a minute to two and a half minutes, and it's just pure encouragement because, like all of us, man, Ken, there's times where I just need a breath of fresh air or I just need a cool drink of water. I just need an attaboy every once in a while because when you're out there, again, slaying dragons and changing the world, there's, there's not a whole lot of people, you know, ready to stand up and applaud and say, hey, yeah, you can start that nonprofit!" woo You know, there's not a whole lot of cheerleaders for you. So I'm here to just challenge and encourage you to do great things in your life. So you can go to your app store for Apple users. Just go to the app store and search Evan Money, and it'll pop right up. And then for the Android users out there, they have told me that it's coming in less than two weeks. So Android users, put a little reminder on your phone in two weeks, you know, hey, get the Evan Money app, and I think you'll be greatly pleased. It's low-tech. You just open it up. There's the messages. And again, every week, once or twice a week, I'll give you something brand new, fresh, just at the right time to encourage you.
1: The radio show, like page, as well as uh, my personal page in two weeks, a link for the Android users. And uh, the reason uh, that Evan was uh, very clear about who would appreciate the app is he's gotten some extremely bad reviews from people that were looking to be discouraged in life, and they got his app, and it completely did a 180 on them, and they got encouraged, so they gave him some really, really poor ratings. So if you want encouragement, that is the app you want. If you want to be discouraged, do not take it out on Evan and give him a bad rating. This is only for people that want to be encouraged. So thank you for... Making that extremely clear, Evan, because uh, we don't want any more reviews from those discouraged people.
2: Yeah, if you want to be discouraged, just watch the news and CNN.
1: That's all you need. (laughs) That's the app. That is the app you need. So what are some of the big events that you you do to uh, connect with people? I know Secret Knock is one of them.
2: Yeah, so for me, you know, I'm, I'm always on the lookout, and I, I heard a great uh, young lady tell me, you know, how you, you know, as far as marketing and amplifying, this really stuck with me, and I think your, your listeners will really appreciate it. She said, you want to be a dog whistle to your audience. So for those that aren't familiar with dog whistles, dogs can hear at different frequencies higher than humans. So a human, as a human, you would blow the whistle and it wouldn't make a sound or you couldn't hear anything, but the dog's ears were like, Whoosh. you know, you ever see dog ears are floppy and they, you know, spike right up. So says so you want to be a dog whistle to your audience. And so when you talk about speaking and making an impact, you know, my ears are like, Whoosh. yes, yes, I'm ready. So I have spoken pretty much for any type of organization, whether it be, you know, network marketing, which I love because of the energy you can feed off those people. I really encourage and watch things happen. You know, I get leaders with you know hundreds of thousands of downlines. You know, oh my gosh, Evan, I can't believe it. This was so amazing, and um, so I love encouraging people there. As far as you know, nonprofits, you know, different churches, different denominations. I don't play the denomination game, so I'm there to encourage and empower. You know, corporate. It's really about finding a, an audience that, that's really excited about about the message. So, any key speaking opportunities, whether it's around the world or around the corner, you know, my dog whistle ears are up uh, to add value in that area. And so I've had some pretty ad- adventurous times, and I'm sure you have too, Ken, as well, as, as you travel the world and speak. And so there's nothing like in our, in our connect, disconnected, connected world, right? I mean, we all know, right? We're staring at a screen. We're all connected. We're all plugged in. But there's something magical about a face-to-face or a live encounter I think that's why concerts are are really taken off more than ever because people want that live experience. They really want to connect in that amazing way. Uh, so there's just something special about the live, you know, kind of stuff.
1: And and how do people connect with you? How, uh, what is your Facebook, Twitter handle so people can follow you?
2: Oh, certainly. So Facebook, or yeah, Facebook Evan Money. Uh, Twitter is at Evan Money. Uh, for those people that want the five-star red carpet service. I'm going to put out a stealth email only for Ken's listeners here. So it's, all you have to do is email Ken at EvanMoney.com. You send the email to Ken at EvanMoney.com. That comes straight to me, and I know you're part of Amplified, and that way your stuff moves, you know, you're right up to the very top of the list on, on people that I'll get back to. So Ken at evanmoney.com gets you to the top of the list.
1: And how about your book? How can people get oh,
2: that? Oh, so book, yeah, gosh, can you, you're, hey, yeah, get all this stuff. So, yeah, you can find all the stuff, you know, Amazon. You know, my, my first blockbuster book is Take Action Now. So, again, preface, that's only for people that really want to take action and get off the couch and do something. Um, and then the words of art movies on all the platforms. And um, so all, all out there.
1: Okay, and so what book actually changed your life? Something I typically Mm. ask you in the show but since you have the art of words. We need to make sure we're actually, well, words of art movement. We need to make sure that uh, we share with the audience some of the words that have actually motivated you and inspired you.
2: Wow, great question, Ken. So we recently invested in more bookshelves. I was an early adopter to Kindle, Ken. Like, I had, like, one of the first Kindles back when they were, you know, big money and didn't work that well and... Um, So, but there's just something for me, you know, tactile, kinesthetic about turning a page, you know. So I went back to books and literally I ran out of bookshelf space. So uh, I'm still, you know, constantly reading, constantly learning. So I'll give you a few that were just, I would say, uh, you know, non-negotiables, Ken. Non-negotiable reads if you're you're the type of person and you really want to amplify your message and get out there. So... The, the first one is, you know, it's been called many names, you know, the Jim Rohn referred it to the ancient texts or the ancient Hebrew scriptures uh, but, you know, a lot of people have heard the name the gospel but they don't know what that means, the gospel means good news and so it's so funny because we had Joel Steen in the film and you know, Joel's got the biggest haters of them all and they're the people that don't like to be encouraged and it's like well, <laughs> by, by name the gospel says good news, so what are we missing here so uh, you know, even if, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, but if you crack open just the Proverbs and just read the Proverbs, I mean, the, the wisdom in that book is so spectacular. And then you look in the, in the New Testament side of things, one of my favorite authors is James, who is actually Jesus' brother, and he's a take-action kind of guy. And he says, quote, you know, show me your faith you know, through your actions. Oh, you say you have faith, well, let's see it. You know, quit talking and start walking. And So I, I love messages like that. So, uh, so I think uh, The Good News is a, is a great read. And that's actually, a, it's actually it's not a book, it's a library, because there's, what, 60-something books in there. So that's a non-negotiable one. The next one for me is Atlas Shrugged, Ken.
1: Amazing, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And what's fascinating is on pretty much on all the billionaires that I've listened to, whether it be live, podcast, meeting, whatever, they all have as one of their top reads an Anne Rand book. Whether it's Atlas Shrugged, whether it's The Fountainhead, and I cannot tell you, Ken, how many people go, "Oh yeah, yeah," but they won't read it,
1: and you know they'll watch ESPN, but they won't read Atlas Shrugged. And well, it's a nice read. I mean, why would why would anyone not want to read like eight hundred pages? No, it is, well, here's a the thing, book. and it's
2: a novel. It's not like it's hard-thinking, it's, know. You know, like, it's hard thinking, like um, you know, some James Allen thing where you read a sentence, you go, oh, man, I've got to digest it. I mean, this is page-turning. This is novel style. This is fast-read. But I'll throw this out there, because obviously you've read the book, Ken, but uh, for all the Laker fans out there that wonder what's wrong with the Lakers and what's going on, the story of the Lakers is Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged will tell you why the Lakers are where they're at. So for Lakers fans, it's a, again, it's another must-read. Uh, once, once you re-dive in, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I this is so right, oh, whatever. So Atlas Shrugged, the Bible, and then another game-changer that is interesting because it's been, Ken, this book has been on the bestseller list for over 20 years. 20 years solid it's been on the bestseller list. And there's a reason for that. It's called The Five Love Languages. And yeah, that book, early on, revolutionized my bride and ours' marriage, and it revolutionized how we interact with our children. And just discovering that your love language is such a, a freeing experience, and, it is, and it's a fun book to read because you'll find yourself in it, but the stories and everything. So find out why that book's been on the bestseller list for over 20 years solid because it is transformational. So Five Love Languages, Atlas Shrugged, and The Good News of the Bible, I think, are, are fantastic books. And I've got, again, shelves and shelves and shelves. I could go on and on, but I think if, you know, if you're on, on a, an island, country. you can only read three books. Those would be, those would be the ones.
1: Well, on our, uh, when we post the show, we always encourage our guests to put links to some of the books, because we, we know that books are power. We know that uh, the, the books you read actually transform your life. So... I would love to have that list even go to 10 if you'd like to give links. So let's go to oh, uh, yeah. Love Languages. I'd love to. So talk, about, talk about how Love Languages has helped you uh, be a better father to your kids. And, and how many kids do you have?
2: I have two. So, two. Okay. so
1: we you know, are they?
2: pretty unique in our lifestyle. And, you know, I'm a big, you know, big student of Jim Rohn. And Jim talks about, you know, lifestyle is the art of discovering ways to live uniquely And I'll say that again, lifestyle is the art of discovering ways to live uniquely. And Ken, that's why I'm a kindred spirit with you. That's what you talked about early on in the show. Hey, I'm going to figure out a way to travel the world. You know, I may not have billions in the bank account when I die, but I'm going to have these amazing experiences. That's what lifestyle is. And so many people think lifestyle is a number. It's not a number, it's the experience. You know, what good is going through life if you don't have any experiences? And I remember my director sharing with me after, you know, we spent a year and a half on the road and you know, when you're on the road with somebody, you know, you get to know them pretty well, right Ken? So he's like, "Wow, do you know what I really learned from you?" I'm like, "What?" You know, obviously not how to style your hair. And he says <laughs> he says, "I learned with you the value of the experience." And he's like, "You are just so amazing when it comes to experiences." And I was just like, "Wow, really?" It just really rubbed off and he was there when filming when I surprise proposed to my bride and kind of did the whole ceremony on the Lincoln Memorial and he was like I've got it, Dev. It's about the experience. So he called me just recently. Can you love this? He called me uh, about a week ago and he goes, Hey, guess what? He goes, I'm taking my dad to his first Laker game. He invested in like third row seats you know, to have that experience with his dad, he goes, he's not really in good health, we don't know how long, so he took his dad to a Laker game to to dive into that experience, but as far as what the love language has done, I digress, I apologize, but the love language is with my kids, is understanding that as a, you know, we're all about the experience and lifestyle, so we homeschool our kids, I have a home office, I refuse to commute, I just will not do that, and we try to spend as much time with our kids as possible because unlike it seems the trend, right? My kids aren't going to be living with me when they're 30. You know, we're, it's a a temporary living situation here. We are pushing you out of the nest. And, but I only have so much time with my kids. And so I want to maximize that time by discovering like words, right? You know, if the words aren't connecting, you know, because, oh yeah, it's dad, he's just doing this, but I can really connect with them when I'm speaking their love language. So my son, for example, he's quality time. His love language, what fills his love tanks and makes him feel loved is if I spend time with him. So, With my Batmobile, my Mach 5, and my unique cars, we go to these different car shows, and that's kind of our thing. Him and I will go together and hang out and, you know, spend the day at this place, and he just loves that quality time. Now, my my princess, my daughter, she, like myself, love language is physical touch. So when I'm reading to her, she just loves when I tickle my fingers on her back or tickle her arms. And so if I've got a small window, if I'm traveling, doing whatever with my kids, I'll make a concentrated effort for that five minutes, ten minutes, whatever time I have with them to make sure I'm filling their love tank. So with my son, it's like, hey, no interruptions. It's just us, quality time. With my daughter, I'll, I'll be touching her and doing whatever. So the value of, of love tank filling is so tremendous because in today's, you know, busy, busy, da-da-da world, you have so much time, these really small slices of time with your kids, with your spouse, with whatever. It's like, how can I fill their love tanks? and then also transform to uh, the father-in-law and the mother-in-law and that kind of thing, because it's like, okay, well, how can we fill those tanks? And for anybody married, you know what it's like to <laughs> not have the father-in-law and mother-in-law on your side. So how uh, you can win them over is through filling their tanks as well.
1: Well, my son is also quality of time, and as you can imagine with me taking these trips, um, even though he's only three years old, he lets me have it, because when I call him up, <laughs> he runs into another room. He's like, you're not giving me quality time.
0: Mm. I am missing
1: you. And so um, this, this interview has really brought to light, because I read that book a, a while back, and you are so right. It, it is the answer to connecting, It's the answer mm-hmm. to actually having love work in any relationship you have. And uh, let's go through the other three. What's, what is your, what's your love language for your wife?
2: Okay, so my bride, you'll love this. So my bride... Sure. Is acts of service, and so what took me so long to figure out, Ken, was uh-huh. her dialect. So just like any language, right? You know, the, the right. Southern guys speak a lot different than our strange LA accent, or the Wisconsin people, or the you know New Yorkers, or you know, we just got back from Boston. The cag, you know, and all. That. Everybody's got a different dialect. So my bride is acts of service. So her dialect is actually doing things that are normally her task. So. The big thing for her is washing dishes. And for the life of me, Ken, I could not figure out how washing dishes would translate over into the bedroom. But for her, hey, if I wash dishes, that is foreplay. (laughs) I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. I'm like, what do dishes have to do with romance? And in her case, (laughs) everything. Because when her love tanks are filled, guess what? Exciting things happen in the bedroom. And there's another thing as far as marriage and all that goes. You know, just, I don't know what it is about guys, Ken. And, you know, you're in Vegas, so we can go there for a second. But, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And the only time I heard guys, married guys talk about sex is when they're talking about the sex at the, with the hot stripper or this or that or whatever. And I'm telling you, the sex with my bride is dynamic because i figured out the love language thing. And for me, it's dishes. So I just do a lot of dishes. Because great things happen (laughs) when I do dishes. And I stopped to figure it out in my logical brain. It was like, okay, if dishes fill a love tank, let's bring all the dishes. And there's a few other things that that do it in the house, but dishes is is the major deal. And typically it's always the thing when married couples, they typically, uh, it's the thing you hate to do the most. So even the author of The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman, talked about how when he was a kid, he used to vacuum. That was his thing. Before he could go out and play, he had to vacuum. Mom, can I go out and play? Well, finish vacuuming the house. And he's vacuuming the house, swearing this one day, you know, when I get married, I'm never touching a vacuum ever. And true enough, his bride turned out to be acts of service, and her dialect was vacuuming. So he developed a love That's affair funny. with the vacuum because it translated into everything else.
1: Well, you and I have a similar uh, dynamic then because I, my love language is affection touch and my wife's is acts of service as well and it, 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 that is really a shift to learn the secret because when my wife is doing all these acts of service for me thinking that that's what resonates with me and I'm mm-hmm. like why doesn't she just touch me I mean that would be so awesome she'd just be affectionate and then the, the, the backwards part of um, why won't he ever help I'm doing the dishes alone I'm mopping the floor he just watches or he's doing his, his work and, yep. and it is really the access to the answer <laughs> of magic happening and, and no, the magic absolutely is and all and kinds it of took ways. my
2: bride the same thing she's like well Evan, i did all these things for you she's like i don't <laughs> understand you just want me to touch you and i'm like yeah. <laughs> yeah She's like, "Okay." Yeah. and so for us the the rule of the house is now when i leave the house or go to a meeting or come back or whatever so when i come home the thing that i love is when the family bolts out the door and we have races now and as the kids are getting older it's kind of gotten pretty competitive so it's a race to who gets to daddy first and so who gets to give me a hug first and so they race to speak my language and, and give me the pt because that's the thing for me i don't care if the house is a mess i don't care if dinner's cold i don't care it's like i just you know just touch me just give me a hug that's what i'm looking for right and so
1: that's so funny and it,
2: yeah and yeah, yeah. but the, what the great thing about the book is like you're saying so many people miss each other and you fall into that doom loop of you know, whenever you have a, a marriage challenge, there's always the doom loop of, well, if, if he or she would do this, then I would do that, right? Right. Yep. So she's thinking, okay, well, if he would just do the dishes, then I'd touch him. <laughs> He's thinking, well, if she just touched me, I'd do the dishes, right? So somebody's got to break that cycle, and it all comes back to forgiveness, right? That you, someone has to step up and break that forgiveness, unforgiveness cycle, and the same thing with you know, love languages. It's like, hey, you be the cycle breaker because you're going to win anyway. You want great sex with your wife? Go do the dishes, man. Come on. Um, or whatever it is, whether she's gifts or one of the other love languages, be the cycle breaker because you win anyway.
1: Well, I, I love this, uh, this, <laughs> this conversation we're having because I'm laughing because my wife, she says, so you were a bachelor before you met me because I was a bachelor for quite a few years. I had a, a really rough first marriage. And so I said, you know what? I'm not really sure I ever want to get married again. And Met my wife, my wife and actually, absolutely fell head over heels for. But she said, "So you know what is it that uh, you loved about um, you know relationships you had before?" And I go, "Oh, massage. I, I love massage." And of course, uh, uh, a love language for affection would be massage, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, "Okay, well, I will not do that because I don't want to be remont- I don't want you to." confused me with all the girlfriends you've had in the past. So I was like, oh, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and on that note, another funny one for us was and for about a maybe six-year stretch, six, seven years, we had our own, and this is another shift in thinking, and I, I, I talked with one of the other secret speaker speakers about this. My bride, uh, she used to teach high school in, a, in her previous life, but right after we got married, shortly thereafter, I think about a year or two later, I was like, Hey, I want to be married to you, not to, you know, paperwork and all this stuff. So uh, she came home from work. So she's been a, you know, stay-at-home mom, an amazing woman since then. But we got a Mary, I call her Mary Poppins because she's not a nanny. She was like Mary Poppins. She did it all. You know, she cooked, she cleaned, she took care of the kids. And people are like, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You've got, Susan isn't working, but you have a full-time, you know, nanny or Mary Poppins. I'm like, Exactly. You know, what an investment in my marriage. I can take a walk with my bride anytime I want. We can run off to the bedroom anytime I want because (laughs) the nanny's here to take care of the kids. And in my neighborhood, it's the polar opposite. It's the, you know, the wife is out working so she can hire the nanny, and that never (laughs) really made any sense to me. But what was happening, though, Ken, was the nanny was filling my wife's love tanks and not me because she was Mm. doing all this stuff, and I was like, Oh man, I'm 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 missing out because she was the one filling the love tanks. So I'm like, hey, I, I got to step in and at least do the dishes or do this part because yes, you can hire it done, but you don't get uh, you know you don't get the benefits from that. And so uh, and so as for me too, the the massage uh, we do a, a monthly massage, and that is a um, yeah that's a great time for somebody's <laughs> personal touch. But my bride has special massages for me so. Uh, we don't have to worry about any uh, anything not carrying over, so that's how we combat that one.
1: <laughs> All right. And uh, in the last two minutes, give me the last two love languages, and uh, we'll go into a, a quote you live by.
2: Okay, fabulous. So, uh, language number one. Well, there's no real order, but there's gifts, Four. and it's not the size of the gift, but some people just you know they love the little tokens, they love the little things, and you and you you subconsciously give what you want. So, like, for me, I was always touching and stroking my bride and, fi- and finally she figured out, she's like, oh, that, because we didn't know the love language. We're like, oh, that's why I kept touching you. She's like, oh, yeah, that's why I kept doing these things for you. Uh, so gifts, you can really tell when people are hurt by, oh, you didn't bring me anything back? You know? Yeah. That's a cry to, hey, fill my love tank. My, my, my love tank is gifts. So you got gifts, you've got acts of service that we talked about, you've got physical touch Protection. that we talked about. Yep. Um, we've got, uh, oh, words of time. affirmation. Hey, talk about power of words. So there's some people where the words are what are so powerful. And then we have quality time like we talked about. But with the words, I'll tell you one quick word story. I had a friend, we had a real uh, intimate time with uh, sitting down, just talking, really getting open. And it turned out his, his wife in a previous marriage was, uh, was highly abusive, like, you know, really physically abusive. And I said, well, what hurt more, his fists or his words? And she said, oh, his words. She said, I, I'd much mm. prefer him to hit me than to say the things he said to me. And I was like, wow, she's, you know, that's a words well, of affirmation. Give us some
1: positive words, Evan, to finish the show with. Give us a quote that you live by.
2: Oh, quote live by. We're wrapping up here. So one of my favorite ones is, uh, I got this from a great guy named Erwin McManus, is, life doesn't bring you joy Rather, you bring joy to life. So that's a fun one. And then my, my one really is take action and the world is yours. So those are some, uh,
1: two of my favorites. Well, Evan Money, we have loved having you on the show. You have been amplified, and we look forward to having you back in. I hope to see you real soon at an event. Take care, yeah, brother. thanks
2: for putting up with me, my friend. It was a pleasure.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.